0: And now we're live twice. <laughs> Just in case you yeah, missed the first one. Exactly. Thank you so much again for uh, for letting me come up and, and do this with you. Oh my so, gosh, so much my fun. pleasure. Um, so we have, for anyone who doesn't know, we have Lucy Norrisan, a longtime friend and one of the hardest working women in the city that I know. And... She loves when I compliment her right in front of her and she can't (laughs) say anything because we're live on on TV or YouTube or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, thank you for coming on.
1: Well, you have me blushing and I haven't even said anything yet.
0: I know. I know. That's the point. And we've got our, I've got my Wonder Woman mug and you've got your Hello Lovely. Yes.
1: Yes. I felt like yours was very appropriate for today. It's a very strong mug so we can work hard and get some action done
0: yeah absolutely so let's dive right in you you were telling me about your uh your show that you have and how you were doing season one and now you've got a fellowship and you've got six months of free studio (laughs) and everything that you want to do with it so when when did you start doing this show
1: So I started this show um, last summer, so it's called Do Well, Do Good, and it kind of just stemmed from some other work that I was doing. I was doing a lot of research and interviewing a lot of social entrepreneurs and finding out more about sort of conscious lifestyle brands. And then I felt like there was a disconnect between what the brands were saying and then the sort of information that consumers had when it came to actually choosing products and services. So I thought, why not make a show about it? Um, So I created Do Well, Do Good, and the first season is streaming on Connect TV. So I got to interview some very cool entrepreneurs who were really as they say, making profit with purpose. Um, so I believe that doesn't matter what you do, you should always be doing good business, and that comes in many different layers. Um, so we created the first season, and then I had the opportunity to create the second season. We started filming um, at SAP, at their innovation lab at Hudson Yards. So we've started that already. Very cool. Um, and then a new opportunity came up where I was actually offered um, some space for six months as a social entrepreneur to really dive into developing what do well do good could be and I think um, as you know like as an entrepreneur in the city it's hard sometimes because you need a place to focus but you also need to be around like-minded creative people um, to help you kind of get to the next level so I got offered this opportunity um and yeah, I start next week. I'll be going in and uh, creating more um, shows and segments, and really developing the concept and the brand.
0: And what kind of uh, what kind of amenities come with this space? Is it like a WeWork where it's a big room full of people with desks and kind of like yeah. yeah.
1: So it's um, it's a big sort of co-working space, and it's run by another company, and they basically. Created this um, this lab for social entrepreneurs to the side of it, um, and we had sort of like the orientation last night, so I got to meet some of the other entrepreneurs who are going to be there. And uh, yeah, it's very exciting. It's in Midtown as well, so it's a perfect location. Easy. To get to. Easy. Yeah. And I'm working with others. those document um, documentar oh my gosh, what's the <laughs> word, Justin?
0: Uh, documentarians. I don't.
1: Filmmakers.
0: Filmmakers. <laughs> people who point cameras at things
1: look at me I was yeah. on like a roller and then I was like I can't even think of the word I need more coffee um yeah other filmmakers and uh producers and writers and artists so it'll be a lot of fun
0: and they have uh they have all the software they're providing all the software you need that... so there's a
1: lot of resources and tools there and I mean I have my own equipment because you know we have to travel and do this stuff um but they also have stuff there as well that we can all use and um I love the do the sirens come up the in sirens
0: this? are definitely going to come up yeah
1: <laughs> we're yeah, in it's... we're in Harlem at the moment yeah. it's a little bit noisy but it's all good that's the New York background that you yeah. want
0: yeah um, you can, you have to pay for background noise that sounds like New York if you're not here
1: So someone could just take the sound off this podcast now and use it. Yeah. And just pay you instead.
0: Fortunately, fortunately, uh, they wouldn't be able to cut around our voices. We've been pretty consistently.
1: We are the background noise of
0: New York. They can. I would love to be paid to have our sultry voices in the background of some kind of movie or TV show. What sort
1: of movie or TV show would you do a voiceover for?
0: I'd do voiceover work for anything (laughs) at this point. I'm... (laughs) anything it's like hey we want you to do are you paying it doesn't matter i'll i'll do it it's 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 great, it's great. <laughs> advil commercial fine i'm in i'm in let's uh, do it i have a friend that just got her first uh national commercial uh-huh. for a shark vacuum cleaner and it's amazing i'm like yeah of course i'd love to do that yeah it's not what i want to do with my career but she got a great paycheck and you know people keep i see because we're friends on facebook people keep uh Posting, I'm like, oh, I was watching this show, and then it was a commercial break, and then hey, you're in my living room, and you
1: tricks. gotta take the paid work.
0: Absolutely, so I'll do any voiceover work. Noted. Noted. I'll do voiceover as any paying voiceover work.
1: Okay. Anyone watching, listening,
0: yeah. hire me. <laughs> I have a voice. Let me use it.
1: And you are through this podcast. I think yeah. it's great.
0: Yeah, I had another idea for a different podcast with a buddy from work that would be, uh, do you know what ASMR is?
1: Oh, is it when they talk
0: like this? Yeah.
1: You can make lots of money from that. Lots
0: of money. I I was talking to uh, Brandon, the guest I had on uh, for episode 10 about it, and he had a lot of fun with it. They make thousands of dollars a month. If like the ones that are very successful, like the millions of, of views on YouTube, And they post like two or three videos a week. Thousands of dollars.
1: Let's do it, Justin. Like your voice, my voice,
0: together. We have the American accent, the one that no one wants to hear.
1: Us English people want to hear it.
0: And then we have the English accent that all the Americans want to hear. That the English are tired of. So tired of it. So let's just do it. Let's do it. Okay. I'm on board. We have six months of your space <laughs> where we can use really good equipment, make it great. Exactly. Do you have to answer to anyone? Do you have a boss <laughs> over there? Like someone who's gonna be like, wondering if you're coming in, like, ah, oh, Norris's desk is empty again. Wonder what she's doing. Right? No, not taking advantage of our very generous offer.
1: See, this is the thing. Um, I was at a full-time gig for two years at a network And that was when, you know, you have people to report to and directors and bosses. And then I left in um, December, and that was when I truly realized how much I enjoyed being my own boss. And I'd been my own boss for like eight years before that. That was my first sort of full-time position. And then once I left, I was like, no, I don't like answering to anybody. I like being able to manage my own time because I can be productive. I will be effective in, in how I'm doing it. Um, so no, I don't, the, the idea behind it though is that they're bringing these people together to build a culture and there's different sort of projects and initiatives that we're all working on um, together to kind of reach, so um, looking at anything within sustainability, um, sort of how can, and then they post questions for us on a weekly basis, so with all of our different skills it's kind of like how can we all come together and, and fulfil this project that the company's doing. Um, so that's kind of what I have to offer. Um, and so last night I was kind of, you know, brainstorming on things that I could do to help one of their projects that they're currently working on. And um, and anyone else who's sharing that space, if they needed like a producer or someone on camera, then, you know, the idea is to collaborate. Got so it. I'm very excited. But, yeah, no, I don't have to answer to anybody. It's amazing. It's just, just my own boss.
0: Just you. And you said the uh, the six-month starts... Monday?
1: Uh, well, I'll be in on Tuesday, so that'll Tuesday. be my first. Yeah.
0: So my first first you're day. gonna not show up on the first day? <laughs>
1: of course. Like I, I don't it. follow the rules. <laughs> I'm not gonna be
0: there on Monday. Set, set the precedent. It's like, welcome everyone today. What? I'm noticing. Uh, Norris, Norris is dead. Norris desk. is in here. Great. Perfect. Everyone else, welcome. Just gonna send a quick text. Ungrateful British. <laughs>
1: No, but see this is how people remember you when you don't follow yeah, the rules. Exactly. No you just
0: go you can around be, it a different way. How many <clears throat> how many people are uh, were offered this? How many people are you gonna have available to collaborate with? I think with? there's
1: about ten of us there all together. Um, and you everyone kind of does their own sort of schedule. So some people will be in in the morning. I'm pretty much a morning person, so I'll tend to use it in the morning. Um but yeah, no, I'm excited.
0: You wake up and you do the kickboxing classes now too, right? Kickboxing, yeah. then
1: meditation, and then today I'm going to my second workout with
0: my friends. Wow. Yeah,
1: I love it.
0: Um, What time is your kickboxing class? What, Six. So you start your day, do you like wake up and like roll out of bed and go right to class or do you need like 45 minutes before you leave? I don't, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean like some people, some people like, like myself, if I have to be at work at... 10:15. Mm-hmm. I leave the ho- I leave the house at 9, which means at 8:50 I'm still in bed. Really? Yep, I packed my bag the night before, like everything's ready for me to just grab and I just kind of roll out of bed, I put on pants and a shirt and then I brush and my teeth and then did. I'm gone. Other people I know can't do that. They need to wake up, they need to make the coffee, sit down, just kind of like breathe and and do that.
1: So when it comes to my kickboxing class, because it is, I mean, it's early. I yeah. think it's early. I literally do just kind of, like roll out of bed, get up and go, headphones on, blasting something to like get me up and going. Right. Um, but when I come back, I have a little bit of a routine. So I like light my incense, meditate, <laughs> have my coffee, then do a little bit of sort of like email stuff, social media, and then work. Um, so that's kind of the routine that I have to have. the the first bit i'm just like get up get 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 out the door don't even think about it otherwise it won't happen
0: right okay that's good so i was reading a book uh miracle morning it's like a it's like a it's like 70 pages it's a self-help book but they but the guy uh he emphasizes the importance of a routine Mm -hmm. and you know he he you know it's self-help so he gives you like a uh chart to go by like this is what you should be doing in the morning and it'll help you wake up with more purpose and more uh enthusiasm for the day and most of what you just said without even knowing it it fits into what he says you should do very Um, cool because he he plots it out by like an hour 10 minutes for this 10 minutes for Mm -hmm. this there's 10 minutes for meditation yeah 10 minutes for exercise 10 minutes for reading which is I figure the equivalent of your like social media like emails (laughs) etc it's like
1: intense reading
0: super intense oh my
1: gosh just pick
0: up pick up a email a little bit of war and peace at the same time
1: oh yeah 10 minutes reading done for the day
0: yeah but no that's really cool and that's uh That's awesome that you kind of did it without even realizing that it's like one of the best ways to set yourself Mm -hmm. up for a day. And that's 6am though. I don't know if I could, I'm trying to work towards getting up before 10.
1: See, if I sleep past eight o'clock, I feel guilty.
0: Oh yeah, so do I. (laughs) But that doesn't (laughs) stop me from doing it. I always have, I have my alarm set up at eight Mm -hmm. and then I have my alarm for when I need to get up. And that'll be, you know, if I work in the morning, it's nine or eight fifty or whatever. On days that I don't need to get up, I set it for like eleven, because if I touch noon and I'm still in bed, then I'm like, well, I'm not getting anything done because the day's over.
1: So I may as well just stay here.
0: Exactly, and it happens. (laughs) It's the worst. But I read something: uh, how you start your day is how you're going to finish it, and if you start the day subconsciously telling yourself, I am giving up on what I started doing. Like Mm -hmm. I set an alarm for eight o'clock. It's like, if I hit snooze, subconsciously, I'm telling myself I'm giving up on getting out of bed Mm -hmm. at eight o'clock. And then that sets the precedent for the rest of the day. It's like, eh, I'm not really that determined to do what I set out to do. And that follows you, follows you into into work, into the gym, into uh, wherever you're going. And that's and so, why I
1: think meditation is, well, for me, it's so important. One, because, so I started meditating about maybe three years ago, and I was going through like really bad anxiety, um, getting a number of panic attacks. And so I was like, I don't, know, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't want medication, but I don't know what else to do. Right. So I started meditating, and for me, it was just a really good way. If I was waking up anxious, if I had anxious thoughts, just to calm myself. But, so that's why I meditate, but I think the most simple thing anyone can do to just, like, set a good day, and I can't remember where, where I read this, but they said to just make your bed. Every morning, yep. make your bed, because if you're not able to accomplish everything that you set out to do, you just completed something, and it's, like, the tiniest thing, but then when you come back, you've, you've made your bed. Like, I don't know, and, and so... I've always made my bed like without fail. Like I just think it's a. It's, sometimes it's a simple little tasks or things that you put in throughout the day that can actually
0: help even it out. Yeah. I had a little trouble waking up this morning and what
1: so, you didn't think, oh my gosh, I get to see Lucy. I
0: did. And that's, you know, I, di- I didn't hit snooze. Like I got well, up I
1: feel very, very great. Right.
0: I got up, I was up at uh like eight thirty, I think is when it went off today, and I wanted to lay down. I keep my alarm clock on the other side of the room so that I have to get up uh-huh. to hit snooze, and that's still most days that doesn't stop me from hitting it like fifteen times, but I hit it and then I sat on my bed instead of laying back down and I'm like, All right, gotta gotta get up, gotta And I sat there for like a minute until I was like, Okay. Go. And then I I brushed my teeth, which was like a mindless activity, but it's movement and it gets you going. Yes. And then I washed the dishes that I had in the sink, which was great, because then I felt like I had accomplished something. And then I went and made my bed. <laughs> you yeah. are on fire today, I,
1: Justin, let I'm me tell
0: you. Killing it. <laughs> killing it. And then I sat down on the... Because I had a lot of extra time, because it only took an hour to get up here, and... So I sat down and I did some social media. I basically copied you without even knowing it, and we're insane. Apparently, we are insane.
1: We should definitely. We should definitely. That com- yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we have we have six months starting Tuesday, not Monday, because <laughs> fuck that. Let's I don't a, do
1: Mondays.
0: A, that should be the name of the show. It's like, I don't don't do do Mondays. We'll air everything on Tuesdays.
1: I love this.
0: Make a note. Make it while we have two.
1: I I turn my phone off, so I can't do it there. But in our heads, I don't don't do do Mondays. Mondays.
0: That's great. All right, done. I love it. Cheers. 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 Making plans. Yeah. Also, (laughs) I think I asked you if you wanted to come on this on Monday. and You're like, no. And I think... (laughs) I think...
1: It's because I don't That's do great. Mondays. You don't do Mondays. Like, it's like I don't do meetings on Mondays. I don't do auditions on Mondays. I mean, if I can choose, I'm not just going to say. I fall, <laughs> I fall
0: asleep Sunday around 11 and I wake up bright and early Tuesday morning.
1: It's re- I don't know why Mondays, I just, I don't, if I don't have to work that day, I'd prefer not to because yeah. just, everyone's always a little bit miffed off on a Monday anyway. Oh, yeah. So.
0: Very Garfield-like. Yeah. Do you you do you rem- you remember like uh, the Garfield? Yeah. yeah. You know what I read the other day? It kind of like bummed me out. What? Garfield doesn't like Mondays because that's the first day of the week and John just spent the whole weekend at home and now he has to go back to work. Aww. Yeah. Because Garfield's a cat. He doesn't have a job. He has no real reason to hate Mondays.
1: Aww, Garfield. Yeah. That's quite sad. And he just
0: loves John and he wants him around. Aww. Because, you know... That's all he has, except for the dog, Odie, the dog, who he hates.
1: Yeah, I've been forever since I watched... It's not still on, right?
0: I don't think so. Oh, I think they still... Was that you buzzing? Maybe. Doesn't matter. Oh, by the way, we still look good.
1: Oh, we do? Yeah, we okay, do. Good. Yeah. I thought someone was texting us saying that. No, you were no. just checking us.
0: Well, it did buzz. Okay, but... Okay, also, good. We still look But also, look we good. look good. You're welcome. So, you have... A online media course coming up. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's it. Done.
0: Done. Moving on. Um, what are you going to be teaching?
1: So um, the course uh, is now available. It's on Gen Connect. And how do you spell that? G E N C O N N E C T. Com. Um, yeah, And you can check them out on Instagram as well. Um, so the course is basically, I think it's about 33 chapters. Um, wrote it all myself, um, but they have a great team at Gen Connect that actually helped me produce it. And basically it's talking about, we all know that content's important. Content is everywhere. But if you are an entrepreneur or an executive or somebody who isn't necessarily um, coming from entertainment and you're not familiar on how to... Be yourself in front of camera. How do you do that? How do you create video that's authentic, that people can relate to, that sells your brand, but at the same time sells you as a person? Um, And so I actually started playing with this idea a few years ago when I started my media training company called OCP. So that was a case of I was working as a spokesperson, doing a lot of hosting, and I would get asked to talk about other people's products. And I'm like, but why... Do they not have the founder come on and talk about them? I mean, I didn't say that out loud because then I wouldn't have a job. Right. But I started to think, oh, it's because not everyone, of course, is comfortable being in front of the camera. And it's not the way that it was like 10 years ago where you can just read a script. Like you actually have to be yourself and you have to know how to, to present your ideas and, and your brand. And so I was working with a lot of different people during it and um my most recent was somebody who was a dentist very random but he was going for a specific role um in the sort of um big organization in the dental sort of industry and i can't really talk too much about it because i was basically a ghost coach um but yeah we worked really hard for like a year on one of his campaigns and he won and so through all of that i really noticed that there needs to be um, an online course that people can go to because I can't always be with somebody or there aren't, you know, necessarily people don't have the money to, to get the one-on-one coaching with other speakers or mentors out there because um, there's some really good ones. So I thought, okay, an online course would be a great way for people to just get a head start. And, and kind of learn the ins and outs on equipment, um, brainstorming, ideas, uh, where do you even start? And then tips and sort of insider's tricks on how to be yourself in front of camera. And um, yeah, put it together. Uh, we filmed it in December, it's now available. And um, I really do believe that video is kind of, I mean, it is the way forwards because we wanna be able to connect and we want instant sort of communication. And through video is when you can really see somebody and that's what I've been working on there.
0: And when did it come out? Sorry, I know it's it's
1: like today. 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 Amazing. Yes.
0: Um
1: and before I forget just the one thing I was like the one thing I need to remember is that anyone listening or watching um, gets a discount.
0: Amazing. And, and all, how do you go about doing that?
1: They All they have to do is type in Lucy 2019 done. Not done. You don't type that in. Just, yep, Lucy, just Lucy 2019.
0: <laughs> is it like important if it's all caps or no? no. It doesn't matter. 20% off. 20% that off. That sounds like one hell of a deal.
1: And that's it. I'm done with the sales. That was the only <laughs> thing I had to say.
0: Um, how important do you think the role of social media is in businesses not related to entertainment? Like you mentioned a Mm. dentist. I know I went on a liking spree in the past week just to like build a following for myself because as an actor, I've heard successful actors say when they were first starting out, you know, I got this job over someone else because I had more followers on Twitter or on Instagram. So I know it's important to people in my industry, but how important, if at all, do you think it is to... Dentist, I followed, uh, the liking streak was a bunch of uh, barbers mm-hmm. around the world. And
1: Can we just talk about your hair? My like, hair? Doesn't he have the best hair? And in fact, I'm actually going to maybe make you blush a little bit. My girlfriend, one of my best friends from oh, England, no. saw a picture of us together. We, like, Justin's like family. And um, saw a picture of us together and she texted me. She was like, oh my gosh, who's the hot guy? He looks like... Um,
0: Jared Leto. Jared Leto?
1: Was it Jared Leto that she said? Who have that's, I always said that you look like?
0: Uh, James Franco. Yes, that's yeah. who she
1: said. She didn't say Jared okay. Leto. Okay, <laughs> because
0: I was going to say Jared Leto. That'd be a new one. Although.
1: No, James Franco. That's what she said. We think that you're hot.
0: I appreciate that.
1: And his hair is amazing. I, so you were liking barbers, sorry.
0: I don't know how to take compliments, so I'm going to segue back into the barbers thing. Um,
1: You were liking yeah, barbers? Yeah, I was liking
0: a lot of barbers. So, so uh Importance in the role of social media in industry is not related to entertainment.
1: So I just had this conversation um, with one of the guests that I brought on for Do Well, Do Good. Instead of like having um, an entrepreneur who's specifically got a brand or product to sell, I wanted to bring someone on to actually talk about like the space of what does it mean to be sustainable? How can people be authentic? And she was talking a lot about just how companies can be genuine and the importance of social media. And she's the founder of Alter New Media. So she gave me some really sort of like insider's sort of perspective on this. And I do think it's really important. I mean, nowadays, if we're looking at a restaurant or a bar, what's the first thing we do? We want to look at the reviews. We go to Yelp. We look at the website and genuinely, or generally um, with restaurants, I just think the websites suck. Overall,
0: for the, the st- most part, yeah. The
1: stand, I mean, there are some really good ones, but generally I think that is one area that really needs to amp up the sort of, the way that they're marketing and social media, because when they do it well, they do it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it's extremely important because that's a way for the consumer to connect to the brand. And um But it's still, I mean, it it changes so quickly. And I think something's going to happen in the next, like, year when it comes to influencers. Because right now we have brands, companies wanting influencers to talk about products and services to connect to the consumer. Whereas I truly believe something's going to happen and there's going to be a shift where it's, like, just brand direct to consumer and kind of pushing the influencers to the side and... I don't know what will happen, but something's going to shake up because there is a need for um, consumers to want authenticity. They want the truth behind a product. You know, and you you get asked. Like, I've been asked to talk about stuff, and I try and make a a very sort of strong effort to only talk about things that I actually use or would like. But it is hard because influencers need to make money. That's their job. And so when they're getting offered a lot of money, You know, they have to make that decision as well. So I think it's extremely important for businesses and um, entrepreneurs who are not in the entertainment industry to really use social media to their advantage and work with experts in the space who can help them. Um, But there's a lot of, like, researching and diving into what works, what doesn't work, and kind of getting past the noise because it's so loud.
0: Yeah, it's. I know... If you even click on click on any hashtag on Instagram where it's uh, it's commonly used, like yeah. like uh, smile New York, like like the big ones that mm-hmm. millions of people are using, uh, you click on it, you can go back and then you click on it like two seconds later, and it's a swarm of new posts mm-hmm. in the last three seconds that weren't there the first time. Yeah, how do you think if if you can, how do you uh, stand out? what what besides besides authenticity because in a way people are window shopping mm-hmm. they're they're scrolling through you know you have a 60 60 second video they're not going to stop and watch every 60 second video yeah. unless it's like a of puppies playing in the mud or like those go-tos that everyone loves what's the way to stand out if there is one for what you're trying to do, your brand, what you're trying to sell to people.
1: I think campaigns are the way to go and however they do that, however they strategize, you know, a campaign that catches an eye that doesn't necessarily have to relate directly to the service or the product, but something that relates to like the mission behind the company. I think campaigns that include viewers and people that would be watching so that they can be a part of it because at the end of the day social media it's supposed to be social and it's about connection and it's about um, creating a space where we can collaborate in some form so I think campaigns that involve consumers involve viewers and users are the way to really break through when it comes to getting your brand or product or your sort of idea out there
0: amazing it's
1: just a thought yeah no I mean, that's, that's I don't great do, that's because that's my my sort of expertise is video so I I struggle sometimes because it's like I've been in front of the camera for years I'm spending more time behind the camera now and I want to help those who want to be in front of the ca- like the camera I can help create the content I can help with the ideas but everyone needs a support system around them so once you've got the content how are you going to use it how are you going to get it out what campaigns are going to work that aren't just video that are the catchy slogans or the um the images that drive people back to the video is that's the hard thing and that's what we're all trying to you know people specialize in that and those are the people that you want to work with as well as people who create the video as well as you know your team that create help support and create your brand
0: do you think it's possible to do it on your own? Like a one one man, one woman? Uh...
1: I, yeah, I think I think it's possible at the beginning. Um, so that's what I did, that's what we've done. Yeah. Um, I created a show called On Deck with Lucy because I couldn't get an agent and because I, I couldn't get the work that I wanted to as an on-camera host. So I was like, screw it. I'm just gonna make my own show. I'm gonna create a brand. And people will just believe what I'm saying in that moment, I'm going to create something out of nothing, which is what I did and, you know, through that I was able to create my brand and work on my skills and experience, um, but you get to a point where it's, you you have to, you have to have a team around you who are better at other areas than yourself. because you can't do everything. Um, you can, but you're going to drop the ball somewhere. Right. So you need to be able to figure out what am I not good at that I can bring in other people so that they can grow, they can elevate, they would want to be part of this team. But at the same time, it helps build what it is I'm trying to create as well.
0: At what point do you think you need to start bringing people in? Because I know I have on Instagram, I have less than 2,000 followers right now. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so you're feel- a micro-influencer,
0: Am I? What, what am I? What am I? <laughs> this is or an, this or is a nano news to
1: influencer. Me. I forget um, which one they call it.
0: Micro influencer, nano. Uh, I, so basically, what this
1: yeah. is is you know we have the influencers, and now brands are starting to steer more towards a micro. Is it? I believe it. They call it micro influencer or nano influencer, but it's basically someone with followers small, under small. three thousand. But they believe that you actually have a very specific target audience that you can directly interact with these people. And it's a lot better in some cases than someone who has like 20,000. And these people are all over the place. Not the influencer, but the users. Um, So yeah, so that's what you are. Well. You're a micro-influencer with good hair.
0: Nice. I wish I was getting paid to be a micro-influencer.
1: Well, this is where you can because you'll get sort of people to ask you to talk about things or do things yeah. and then the idea is like so what, you asked me at what stage do you start bringing people in and I think once you've once you've created a brand um, which you have then you need to figure out okay what's the next level so I'm guessing it's more sponsorship or yes. more partners um, so you would need to either dedicate time in order to be able to, to network and get those contacts or you bring an intern who can help do that because you're going to be creating the product, but you need the team to be able to, to get it to the next level. So I think once you've actually got the product, you run it for six months to a year, maybe. I mean, it depends what product it is, but, um, at that point, then you, you'll start to hit like a, a point and then you're like, okay, next step.
0: Very cool. I remember, uh, we were we were at a party back. I think it was I think it was Halloween weekend, and you were back back before this podcast was uh, as flashy as it is now. I didn't have video, but you were telling me uh, I should become a podcast producer and produce other people's podcasts. And I want you
1: to produce my podcast.
0: Do you have a podcast? Late
1: Night with Lucy. I want it to be a podcast. Right now, it's just a vlog
0: where where is it is it on instagram it's IGTV, or i g t v but i
1: want to be able to like make it like i want it on itunes and i want to have guests on yeah
0: i could do that i don't know though i might lose my micro influencer status i might <laughs> i might pass that 3000 level and then and then my value will go down because i'm not appealing to the to the very specific demographic anymore
1: i'll make sure that it remains the same okay but yes, podcast producer. Just and... go in and
0: start blocking people that follow me. It's like, hey, I love your content. Sorry, I got... you're putting me at a limit. I, I thank you, but nope, gotta block you. Sorry, sorry, so Carol then, from Arizona.
1: So then, what happened then? So I said podcast producer, but now you have your own podcast.
0: I do, I do, and and I find that, and this is the second time, like I had the conversation with someone the other day I keep having ideas for different like very different kinds of content I had one I brought up the ASMR because I had an idea for a kind of ASMR-ish podcast that would be kind of like absurdist uh funny but also you know if you are home alone and you want something in the background that you don't really need to pay attention to Uh that's not music and that's not like, like the, the girls looking into the camera going like this that's on the, so but that's what they do. And they get paid thousands of dollars a month to do it. Um, I had, I had an idea and I don't want to say what it is because people are listening and I don't want them to steal it because technically I don't own it, but.
1: Shall we talk after?
0: We shall. will I'll, 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 I'll give you, I'll give you the rundown on. On this idea and me and my buddy uh, Paul from work are our current I don't know if he thinks that I'm as serious as I am about it because we came up with it on a random Sunday afternoon at work when there wasn't (laughs) very much going on Mm -hmm. and we were laughing about it all day but as time went on I kept thinking there's an audience for this it's stupid but there's an audience, not the audience. The ideas. Right. It's like it's like one of those things where you think about it. And it's like, oh, no one would be interested in that. But then I was thinking, I'm like, people would watch or listen. Mm-hmm. Like if I did, if I did audio and video, they would, they would. I'm not saying it'd be like a million views every week, but, but some people would take it in.
1: I'm excited. Yeah,
0: yes. and it's it's a little ridiculous. It's a little absurdist, but
1: people like ridiculous people
0: love ridiculous and you know there's no shortage of ridiculous videos up on YouTube mm-hmm. and it seems like every day there's new podcasts i know people people that i work with have also started like i'm not the only one who started a podcast at work i think i know i know one other person i work with started a uh it's like a radio show okay. where it's where it's scripted and they're acting it out and i would love to say what it is But I've forgotten the name So <laughs>
1: I, when I will happens. I
0: will give a shout out for that next time um, And then I think someone else Is interested in starting one And he asked me to, He asked me like hey when can I come use your Equipment how much would it cost And I'm like no you're a friend don't worry about it Let's set up a time um, So I don't know uh, Mallory I'm sorry I forgot what the name of your podcast is And We'll give I'll, a give a shou- I'll give time. it a shout out next time. Um but yeah, but that's that's also why I asked. It seems like there's always more information, always mm-hmm. more content mm-hmm. coming in, and it seems like it's it's an ocean that keeps getting bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. and it's harder and harder to to stand out. Is that something that you are constantly worried about with, with yours or is it something you're not worried about or you find that in between?
1: Right. I think for me, it's a case of seeing that, yes, everyone now is involved in some capacity in the world of content and it can be hard because it's like, well, this is my job. This is what I've trained to do. And, you know, you see, um, a lot of people in front of the camera who are getting like sponsors and money and they're just regular people and it's like oh that was what I was trying to do and now lots of people are doing it and it's just kind of like um and there is that tendency to think well why why and why why <laughs> <laughs> but then you <laughs>
0: why <laughs> why? But then you
1: think like that and you're like, actually, no, I mean, they're doing something and they're delivering what people want right now. So for me, what I've been able to do is make that sort of shift. Yes, I'm still in front of the camera. Yes, I love it. And I'll do it whenever the opportunities come up like with my show and other projects and other, you know, stuff that I get booked for. But to be able to help other people who are wanting to do and use content, that's kind of I think the next sort of transition in my career is just really helping train and um, motivate people to to be good in front of the camera and one of the things I'd like to do um, in the next few months and we're working on it is um, educating the youth on the importance of the power that they have when it comes to creating content so a lot of the stuff that I do um, I work with Conscious Fashion Campaign Um, so I produce all of their content
0: so when you say uh, conscious meaning like environment and animal friendly and
1: yeah to the basically the conscious fashion campaign is an initiative to help people realize that um, it's not just about looking at a t-shirt and saying oh well that's organic cotton or that's sustainable it's like there's so many layers to how something could be created in a conscious way for example how are the workers treated where was it made Um, where did it come from Uh, what was involved what products what ingredients you have to go through so much in the supply chain and a consumer doesn't necessarily always have the time to do that so what we're doing is bringing designers together um, and then also retailers and also the media space of If we all come together in some capacity and help educate consumers in a better way, it can become easier for them to make the purchases that have an impact. So we've been working on this. Um, The founder, Kerry Banigan, I met her a few years ago and I've helped create um, a lot of their content and it's been an amazing ride. Um, But through doing all of this, I, I actually capture a lot on my Google Pixel. Uh, which we love. We love the Google Pixel. And um, through knowing how much you can actually do through a phone, um, I want to be able to help kids realize, like, you have the power to really make an impact using content but create content that matters. So it's not just about, you know, these gimmicks. I mean, they're funny and that's what people, like, that's what kids do. But, like, you could have such a huge impact and... Make a difference if you know the power that you have using a phone to capture a story or tell um, someone something that they didn't realize. Um, so that's what I want to work on, as well as helping others in front of the camera, helping kids actually understand how to to use content better.
0: And when you say kids, what what age range are you? Ideally, are you I'd
1: at? like to work with from like about nine to fourteen. Okay. Um, so I've worked, I've done a lot of like hosting workshops within this sort of age group before, like TV, not just like like TV hosting, um, and I think that for me it's where I can make the most impact in that sort of age gap. There.
0: Got it. So, do you have hi? Do you <laughs> have, hi Justin? Do you have? Don't look at me like that. Oh, sorry. Batting those eyelashes. Do you have a? plan or idea for because you said that's where you want to be in the next like few months do you know what you want to be doing in like five years or yes. or 10 or 20 or yeah. 50 or 100 because we're living in an age where we're going to never die
1: obviously yeah um in the next five years i want my own digital network specifically um, for the do well do good space uh, and then I also want, obviously, my media company to continue growing, um, giving seminars and coaching as many people as possible on how to be their self in front of the camera.
0: So, kind of like a, a digital network slash, uh, would it, I can't think of the word that I want to use. Would it be like uh Nope, I'm moving on because I don't want <laughs> to I don't want to spend time trying to think of the word. I can hear your brain yeah, ticking away. It's just away going now. but like the gears aren't like lubricated so they're Okay. Like, um so then is that going to be all under the same company like under one umbrella like the the network and and the courses and all of that and that's going to be something that you are in charge of everything? kind of like the CEO of your own powerhouse?
1: Do well, do good. Uh, Right now it's do well, do good, nyc.com. That's where the the brand lives. And then OCP Media um, Training. OCP Media Training is my on-camera stuff. So I just basically want it to come all together and create content that matters. That's my mission. um, And that's what I think that I'm here to do.
0: Amazing. And I think you're going to do it. Because as I said earlier one of the hardest working people I know in this city, it seems like you're always doing at least five different things. And yet somehow up at 6am for, up before (laughs) 6am for, for kickboxing. And then, and then I know I was over, I was over here for dinner with everyone like two weeks ago. And, you know, in the middle of a relaxing evening with friends, I just look over and you're like posting your, uh, uh, was it late night with Lucy? yeah thing and and then you know you pull out your phone when you're at a party I pull out my phone I see that you posted it and I'm seeing like it's you in what I think is a hotel room from when you were out of time. and like when did she record this and so I'm I'm I think I'm realizing that like when you're working you specifically when you're working you're doing, like seven or eight days worth of content all like at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't look too close. I don't know if you like one of them, your hair's like in front of your shoulders and then you change your shirt and then it's in back. So it looks like it's different days or I don't know if you're allowed to say that. Yeah. No, like... there
1: they were actually different days, but sometimes, okay. but sometimes I do do that. I'll like wear two different tops to make it look like I've, you know, filmed on different days when actually I'm just filming on one day to make sure that I have a life for the rest of the week. Um, But, no, I do try and do a number of different things because I've always been taught, like, you never know which thing's going to take off. Right. Um, But I think, you know, I'm hardworking, but I think my level of, or my work ethic has increased from, you know, our friends and my home life and where I live and the people I live with. And because everyone is passionate about what they do, they're creative we support each other and I think that if you can find like we were talking about when do you bring other people in to help you with your product or brand Um, but I think if you can have a really good support system within your friends or family or whatever that just makes me want to work even more because it's the case of like I want to, I want to achieve these results, not just for me, but for everyone. Cause I want to be able to take people with me over here and I want to be able to do this opportunity. And, and like, it's not just for me. I'm working for, you know, for my little family in New York and my family back home.
0: When did you move to New York? I was
1: 21.
0: When you were 21. So
1: many years ago.
0: Many, many moons. Many moons, um, ago. Do you like New York?
1: I love New York.
0: Okay. And how long did it take for you to find or cultivate the family that you have here? Oh, a long time. A long time. Yeah.
1: I didn't get the family that I have here until like like five years ago. Mm, Let's say... Actually, no. I'd say three years ago when I moved up to Harlem. That was when it all kind of came together. Um, My friendships became stronger with people around me. um, And I think I became more myself um about three years ago uh, as opposed to trying to please other people and do what i thought was expected i just kind of said screw it yeah (laughs) and you're too tired
0: (laughs) i'm i'm exhausted all the time it's like hey be who i want you to be how about i just no how about i go up to harlem i live with my i live with my friends uh Christian who you met on the Acura Auto Show circuit, right? Yeah,
1: I actually so did he ever tell you how I actually met him?
0: Maybe, but I might not remember.
1: So, one of my best friends, Christian who I live with.
0: He was on uh, episode 3 yeah. of of the of the podcast.
1: He's great, and I have to listen to that one. Um so I was on a plane going to LA and this guy sits next to me and I'm like
0: and I'm right by the
1: window and I'm just like looking at him I'm like he's nicely dressed he's tall he's got dark hair like everything check, 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 check Um, but I have a tendency when I like someone I just don't talk to them
0: so I was like it's like you're over here great I'm going to stare at this guy over here with the (laughs) toupee And the arm hair.
1: It's so true. I do something called stern flirting. So when I really like someone, I think I'm flirting with them, but I'm actually like doing the complete opposite, like, don't talk to me sort of look. Um, So he sits down, I'm like, his heart, look out the window. And then at the end, and then he fell asleep. And (laughs) (laughs) so we didn't talk. And then at the end, he was like, oh, where are you going? I was like, obviously, LA. We're on the same plane. And then it turned out that we were working together at, um, with the company that we work for and uh and that was it and then we just like we hit it off instantly um and on the plane on the way back from LA we were getting on and he was down like a few seats away from me I was like let's drink Christian and so <laughs> I said like wine down to him and um yeah we just became amazing friends and now I live with him
0: yeah and I remember every every Easter uh, the auto show happens to be in town and, yeah. and Easter Sunday, a, a day normally for like family, but when you're estranged from your family living in a city, you kind of come together with the family you know, that's where I met you the first time was was the annual Harlem Acura and Friends yes. Easter Sunday drinking party thing I
1: remember you were in the kitchen at the far end because this was at their other apartment and I walked all the way down the hall and I met my other roommate James that was the first yeah. time I'd met him and he's an incredible designer and he was showing me his jacket for my like, I'm in love then I walked down and I see you and I'm like I'm James Franco all right I'm home and that was it that was it Damn.
0: and I'm so glad that you that you moved in because there's a lot of people that that Christian has brought into this social circle like 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 the small social circle of like james and christian and and annie his sister and everyone and me when i'm fortunate enough to be involved uh but it you know it, it if it gets bigger with with the right people that's always the best yeah and, and it's it is great and you wouldn't be on this show, I don't think if you hadn't moved in, because I'd still only see you once a year, and I'd be like, oh, she she had bangs last time, and now she doesn't. Cool. Oh, the hair's a little bit lighter. Great. Hey, Lucy. <laughs> hey, Lucy, right? Great. Make sure I don't get the names mixed up, because I know you and I know Amy really well. And, oh, yeah. And I love Amy. Everyone else is just like, oh, you were were you here last year? And I'm like, yeah, I just haven't gotten a haircut. So I, I look, and the facial, it's... And
1: you'll be at the party this year, so you'll be able to have the same conversations with them. Yes,
0: exactly. Because I haven't gotten a haircut in a year. There you go. And it's... If my mom's made it this far in, she's screaming right now that I need a haircut.
1: Oh, no, we love it like this.
0: Right? That's my... That's what I'm saying.
1: I'm sorry, but we do. We love it long. But no, I'm so happy that we met.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. And it's going to be great i think as we both work towards a career in in like the venn diagram of the industry where it's like we're we're both doing something in entertainment it's a little bit different uh but like growing up and and becoming full-fledged adults in this crazy world yeah i hate God, it whack. it is growing up is hard don't do it it's a trap
1: that's why I j- i'm still not growing <laughs> up i'm not doing it
0: uh, do you, um, you, do you actually not consider yourself grown up or do you think? I no, I feel I'm like,
1: I feel like I am, no, I am grown up definitely. And, um, yeah, I've been able, unfortunately I've been able to so far say everything I've done I've wanted to do and I've had a lot of different experiences and opportunities blah, 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 blah. But I do think that you guys keep me younger than I... Like you keep, like your perspective and outlook is, because I'm a few years older, so it does keep me, I think, younger and not take myself so seriously all the time. because I have a tendency to do that. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I've maybe, um, stopped the growing situation for a few years.
0: Putting it off.
1: Just putting it off. Like I'll get older You know, like maybe three years from now I should consider it, you know, like the, the responsible stuff, like marriage and all that stuff. And do you children. want to get married? Oh well, Justin. Now <laughs> that you ask,
0: uh, that wasn't a proposal <laughs> yet. Oh
1: really? You gotta
0: buy me dinner first.
1: All right, fine. It's 2019. Long,
0: you can buy me dinner
1: as long as you don't ask me to make it. I'll buy it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the worst cook.
0: No, we'll have uh, we'll have it here, and we'll have James cook it. All
1: right, perfect. done. Yeah, done deal.
0: Because he's gonna. Because I'm okay. But he's, he's everything. leagues above and beyond.
1: Um my he other a, roommate is like amazing. He has a menu. Oh, it's and we all have our favorite yeah. dishes on there. What, which one's yours? Uh
0: I have one that's named after me, but that's actually not my favorite one on there. <laughs> it's the, a struggle. Uh, it's a hard life. The, but... <laughs> he has it's the 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 pasta with the pesto peanut sauce. The, the sack. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an yeah, yeah, inside yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I love that one. It's I had it and it blew me away. It's very good. Because it's just amazing. And unfortunately, it's not the one that's named after me. So it's not often made.
1: But at least you love. have a dish named after you. I
0: do. And I actually, I hope he doesn't hear this. I forget what my dish is. <laughs>
1: We'll figure it out Yeah we'll figure figure it out out.
0: But he also I think I think what But my previous favorite one was When he uh, Remakes Really good Versions Really high quality versions Of like different things On Taco Bell's menu Oh Like we did We did a uh, Homemade Crunchwrap Supreme night Once And Amazing Outstanding Guy can do no wrong
1: Yeah he's very very good Yeah
0: I'm in his apartment. I have to say that. No, I'm kidding. He's, he's outstanding. And all of these plants behind us are his. He's a plant man. He's a cook. He's a designer. He's got. I'm very excited to have him on when, uh, when he's ready to premiere season three. How exciting! Season three. I'll do a little plug because this is something I do remember. James Nathaniel. Uh, he's got a fashion. I'm gonna do it very smr. James Nathaniel, he has his own fashion line. Season three is coming out soon. TBD. Stay tuned to find out.
1: It's the way that you look up at the sky is yeah. though. Very... The sky has given you this yeah. new voice.
0: Yeah. St- stay. tuned. And then the out outro music would come in. And yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I I, I produce a few things. Right, I know. Cool. I know. I know what to do. Yeah. Um, do you want to be in New York forever?
1: Uh, I mean, I love New York. It's the right place right now. I'm open to anywhere. Uh, I think I've always had that. At- well, actually, no, I haven't always had that attitude when I was um, from a very small town um, in England. Um,
0: Wait, you're from England? I couldn't
1: tell. <laughs> well, some people think I'm Australian, South African.
0: Well, I met you at the same time as I met uh, Conrad. Uh, who is from Australia.
1: So you were like, there is a difference.
0: I'm, yeah. It a was, it difference. was, yeah, it was very, I'm like, they're, not, how do, like I get like the British colonies colonized Australia. That's why the accent's similar, mm-hmm. but they, there's been hundreds of years and hundreds? Yeah. yeah. So no, they were very different, but also you and Conrad are very different people. So you shouldn't sound the same.
1: That is also
0: true. Um. So yeah, you know,
1: from England, small town, uh, always wanting to get out. And so I basically said at 18, I want to move to London. Didn't know anyone. Um, just drove down, moved down to London. So that was like, it was London. And then when I was in London, I went traveling Europe, Japan. And then I was like, no, now I need to be in New York. Cause if I'm going to make it in media and TV and film, then I have to be in America. And so then came here to study, um, I'd been to New York once, hated it. I came for my 21st birthday. I was like, this place sucks. Everyone's rude. It's freezing cold. Like, I, why? Yeah. And then they offered me this scholarship at TV and film school. And I was like, okay, guess I'm moving. Um, and then I fell in love with it. Um, so that those were the goals. So I've done New York and I'm still doing it. But I'd be open to anywhere that I need to go. Um, you make home where it is.
0: Would you ever go small town? Or do you think it's going to always be a city like this?
1: So I have these little
0: ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want the white picket fence and the the tire swing? No. No? No.
1: No, 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 no. Not that. Um, But I do... I definitely think maybe one day I'd live by the ocean. I love the beach. Um, And so like last year when I was in uh, Florida Keys, we were out there and... It was just like Key West is like such a cool little strange quirky place with all these little businesses. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I could move to like somewhere like this and just make videos for all of these different businesses um, and live by the water. So I don't know. I could live like that smaller version, but uh, I don't know. Who knows what the future holds? Right. But I definitely don't want the white picket fence. Right. I'd
0: feel very claustrophobic. I want the white picket fence. Do you really? I definitely want and the white
1: a tie picket. Swing? Fence. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I want I want a nice house that. So, ideally speaking, I will I will be I will be wildly successful in my career. Yes, and I will have the time to study architecture a little bit so that I can design my own home the way that I see it in my Ooh. mind's eye. And I'm gonna get a big plot of land and I'm gonna put it on. And I'm gonna have a big backyard and I want a big family. And like how many? Uh ah that so I used to I grew up most of my life thinking, well I've always wanted kids. I always thought, you know, maybe two or three. Right. Because I only have one other sister. So I'm a family of two kids. Um but lately I've been thinking like five. Five kids. Five kids.
1: Oh my God. Gosh.
0: I know. And that's and you know I've I've uh I've considered like I don't know why, you know, you're young and you're stupid. I I always thought it was very important that they be mine, like mm-hmm. my genetic yeah. DNA. But now I'm like that's a stupid thing to think to oh, begin like, with. Yeah. Um but also to like be
1: open to adopting.
0: I I want to adopt. Nice. Like at least one or two kids. Cool. And I want to, I, if I can, if I'm capable of having my own, I would like that as well. Um, and the number that's been in my mind for the past year or so has been five.
1: Very nice. Yeah.
0: And, and I don't know why. In the Midwest,
1: where... would you move back?
0: Michigan. Absolutely. Where I'm from. The yeah. boys
1: are all from Michigan. Yeah. I. And they're good. Do you know what? You guys are good
0: people from Michigan.
1: I can't say all of Michigan, but
0: I <laughs> everyone's know, so lovely that yeah, I've met. It's, and but the, I think that as much as that is Michigan, it's also, you know, James is from a big family and they're all yeah. really good hearted people. And so he likes to surround himself with good hearted people. And then, you know, the Schultes are good hearted people and, and you've got, you've got a good selection yeah. from Michigan that you happen to have, have met. You know, I know some people that aren't that great they are from Michigan, but...
1: My Michigan people are her, good. Yeah, uh,
0: But yeah, that's definitely very, where I want to go back to. Very nice. I, you know, I have an idea in my head of uh, upstate Michigan. I have a buddy, Logan, whose family owns multiple acres up in Vanderbilt,
1: okay. which is... Near, like, Traverse City? It's
0: north of Traverse City, like, okay. by an hour, I think. Um... No, it's closer, like 45, 30, 30 to 45 minutes. And I want to do something similar. I want to buy like 30 acres. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want it all to be cleared. If it's like part of it's in the forest, I'll leave that there and then okay. uh, build the house, have a bunch of dogs, a bunch of kids, and you know, travel to New York or LA or wherever I might be filming. And I love this, it. yeah, this is all, this is all after I've established myself enough to where I don't need to live in New York every day mm-hmm. to hit random auditions every day. I'll have an agent who can be like, Hey, they want you in New York tomorrow to read for this role for this movie. And it's like, great book me it cuz you may book me a ticket or get nice. my manager book me a ticket let me know when i need to be at the airport and you know but that's where i want my my home base to be
1: i like it yeah. you got it planned
0: i do now as i'm still very single <laughs> Well, just...
1: you may have a viewer out there who's like oh my gosh like he's great and they may contact you no and one's then you watching are... right now. <laughs> what a way to kill my little dream there.
0: No, but this'll go this'll go up and it'll be on yeah. there. And so, you may you have
1: know. a viewer who's like, Oh, you know what? I really like him and get in contact with you and then you go, Well, are you dating?
0: Right now, am I? Yeah. Uh not actively like 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 there's no You're one, like whose show is this? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like there's there's no one that I've gone on a date with okay. in the past couple weeks. There's no okay. one that Like I don't have a a girl that's at the top of my like text message that I've been talking to, but, but I, I'm open to, to meeting someone and that stop stop it with the side eye thing. Um, (laughs) but no, I just, you know, I, I just came out of that relationship that I had over the summer and, and that kind of put me in a frame of mind where I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to do any like bullshit, New York hookup, uh, run around. Like if I meet someone, I want them to be good, Mm -hmm. like a good person. And you know, I'm not going to like dive in and, and be like, Hey, I know this is the first date, but I'd really love to turn you into my girlfriend in in a month and a half. But like, but like I'm going to be on that first date, I'm not going to be looking at, uh, like, Hey, can I get her home tonight? I'm going to be looking at, all right, First date. Are we compatible? On mm-hmm. on very basic levels. Like do we do we make each other laugh and all of that? And then like moving forward I'm gonna mm-hmm. be like, you know, that's that's where that's where I'm working towards now. Okay. But I'm not like I'm not gonna intentionally turn the next girl I go on a date with into a girlfriend because I'm trying to rush to the finish line. I oh,
1: think that's a good place to be.
0: I think so. Well we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I'm I'm young. I'm I'm 28, and that That's is a good age. It is, and you know, people like I I keep t- I keep thinking, you know, my parents were 22 and 23 when they got married, yeah, but and life's
1: completely life, yeah, it's completely different. different.
0: That was that was 29 years ago. World's a very different place.
1: We were in New York, which is a completely different world. Yes. as it is.
0: So and got time. Yeah, and also I only think that I'm old because I'm the oldest I've ever been, yeah. and that's the only perspective that I have. Like if I was thirty, then I'd be looking at twenty eight and thinking, ah, exactly. what what I would give to be back in my twenties. But I'm in my twenties, so
1: I will say that your thirties are freaking awesome that's what i hear i love i like i love my age it's the best age i love being in my 30s you're a
0: grown-up you can afford to go out for a nice dinner and you're in a good spot in your career you're killing it you have the energy to get up at 6 a.m and go do a kickboxing class and
1: and i have um, no like i don't want to say responsibility everyone has responsibilities but i have like nothing weighing me in any area like i'm completely free to do- you could
0: move to la tomorrow if if, yeah. the, if the occasion or the need i
1: can arose. and i you know i would and yeah i think that's just a really quite liberating sort of uh perspective to have and t- to be in so no i love my
0: 30s would you would you move to la tomorrow if a job came up yeah yeah
1: uh i mean i'm not necessarily i'm not i love california LA, I've always been a bit like, because mm, I don't drive in America. Um,
0: wrong side of the road. And wrong all side of, that.
1: of the road. Never took my test again. So I haven't driven for 12 Do years. Do you think
0: if you got behind a car, <laughs> behind be... the wheel of a car, you would accidentally at some point, like, just like, oh, I've got this driving thing. And then you kind of like turn your mind off. You're on autopilot. Yeah. You would like make a turn. I think so. And yeah. Like just jump into the wrong lane.
1: Well, and also because I only ever drove manual. I never drove automatic and most cars are automatic here. So it's like. It's completely weird to me, Um, and I just like to be driven.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I bought a car that was a manual transmission without knowing how to drive it.
1: Well, you obviously learned. I
0: learned. I I I dove into (laughs) the deep end. I bought my first car that I bought myself when I was 20, Mm -hmm. because I had a great bartending job. I was making a lot of money, and when you're 20, you don't really have any bills. And so I bought a, a Chevy Cruze. And I'm at the dealership and he's showing me like all the different packages, the colors, the interior, all of that. Uh And I, I spot a couple that have a stick shift in the middle and I'm like, are those manual transmission? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Full manual, uh, super easy, super smooth. Cause like a 1970 something Jeep Mm -hmm. has a very difficult stick shift. Like learning on that is a lot harder. And he looks at me, he's like, do you know how to drive that? I'm like, No. He's like, all right, well, then the automatics are over here. And I'm like, no, no, I'll take that one. And he's like,
1: challenge accepted. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the best way to learn something. Like you want to learn a language. Not that you have the means of doing this, but if you want to learn Spanish, go live in Spain. Yeah. Um, Because you're going to need to. You're going to need to speak Spanish. Unless you're in like a touristy town where you're surrounded by people that speak English and the restaurants and everything, they speak English because they know that tourists are coming in. But when I was in Russia studying at the Moscow Art Theater School, I did you not know I did that? No. I studied at the Moscow art I thought theater school. You were going school.
1: on like do you were know still people sometimes people will be like, Oh, when I was in blah, 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 no, blah. No. Just to check people are listening. And I was like,
0: What? <laughs> you were. I was listening. Yeah. yeah, I studied at the Moscow Art Theatre School in June of two thousand
1: twelve. For the whole that? for the whole
0: month. It was amazing.
1: That's incredible. I
0: loved it. It was
1: what an one experience. of the experience. Best...
0: They did a condensed version of the entire first year of what the Moscow art theater students go through for us as a study abroad program that's amazing and we had acting we had movement Uh dance ballet, classic Russian ballet, I took a month of Russian ballet
1: wow um,
0: singing and voice work two separate classes Uh, art history Russian theater history, Russian film history and then we did we did class from like 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. and then we would go grab food real quick and then eight o'clock every night, maybe like 17 nights out of 30, we had a show, a play that we were going to see.
1: That's incredible. And yeah. what like to say you lived in Russia? Yeah,
0: in like... the in the dorms. <laughs> in the dorms. In the dorms. It was so crazy though because there were these little reminders that you were in Russia, mm. and one of those is the dorm doors were giant steel doors, and they locked at 11 p.m., and you were either locked in or you were locked out. Ah. And there was no there was no getting in at 11.30 p.m., there was no getting out at eleven. Th- you ever,
1: did you ever miss your curfew?
0: We did intentionally once.
1: Just to see what would happen?
0: Well, no, no, we, we went out. <clears throat> we oh. went out for the entire night. It was a Saturday night, and me and a couple of my friends, Jackie, Yasmin, uh, Sarah... There was like seven or eight of us. We all we got dressed up, um, and at like a ten forty-five before the doors locked, we left and we went out. And there was there was a bar near the school that we had gone to quite often because the bartender spoke English, mm-hmm. and it was like an American bar. So it was like a very cool divey bar, but it was also like they had a big dance floor with a disco ball and okay. a lot of lights. And Jack Daniel's shots cost nineteen dollars because that's an imported whiskey over there. It's not domestic. Oh my gosh. And so, but we did, we did shots of absinthe, like,
1: whew. That will send you losing. Oh
0: yeah. Well, I, I always was very aware that I was in Russia, so I never got drunk. Mm-hmm. I got a nice buzz and then, I was also the only man, uh, so I was like, Looking after These, everyone. <laughs> These are my girls. I gotta make sure they're got good. <laughs> um, but I did take the shot of absinthe and it was like, you know, we have absinthe here. I've had absinthe at all of the bars and restaurants mm-hmm. where we've worked at, but they're usually for uh, washing the glass before, like, a Sazerac because it adds a little something. Oh. But shots of absinthe, they muddle a sugar cube, and then they put the absinthe in, and then they light it on fire. And you're supposed to blow it out and shoot it. And... Is that the
1: way we do it in England? I
0: have no idea. I've never been to England.
1: Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I remember the only place I've ever done absinthe was in England when I was living down in London and I don't remember it like sent me.
0: Yeah. Cause that's, that's the, uh, that's the one where it's like, Oh, you're going to start seeing
1: things. Yes, That's, I think there was fire involved. And yeah. Sub- yeah. But it was definitely, uh, nah, I can't yeah. do that
0: again. But I remember, I remember taking it and I'm like, all right, absinthe. All right, here we go. And I just started like scanning the room and I'm like, eventually the walls are going to disappear <laughs> oh and I'm going to start seeing things. And that never happened. Uh,
1: Thank, yeah it's
0: just because all it is is really high proof alcohol yeah. but we stayed out all night we ended up at this crazy rooftop bar mm-hmm. and because Moscow is so far north geographically the sun would only set for like three and a half hours every night the sun would go down at like 11pm and then by 2.45am it's coming right back up
1: oh that's great Yeah, I love
0: that except when you're trying to sleep normal hours
1: yeah yeah, yeah
0: which was the other 29 days of the of the month. But we we went to this rooftop bar. We got there when it was dark out and then
1: you know we are we're, we're,
0: the sun we're yeah, up. we're drinking, we're dancing and then the sun starts coming up. We're like, is it time to go? Nope, it's 2:30 in the morning. That's so cool. We still have I think the dorm doors opened at 7. So it's like we still have 5 hours. And so, you know, we kept partying and it, w- it turned into like a day party, even though mm-hmm. it was still the night before, technically. What we would call in New York or anywhere over here the night before. Very
1: cool. What yeah. an experience.
0: Oh, it was amazing. And I had my hair long back then and I had the facial hair. And the funniest thing that happened was I actually had a couple Russian people come up to me. And I don't know what they said because they were speaking Russian, but I caught the words Johnny Depp. And they were like dancing in front of me like clowns. And I'm like, okay, that's, I don't know if you think I'm actually Johnny Depp or if you're just like, (laughs) hey, it's a guy that kind of looks like, cause I'm, I'm 21. Mm -hmm. I'm 21 here. So I'm very young and Johnny Depp is like 40 something. So I don't think that I look like him currently. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, if at, at most I look like him in, like, Nightmare on Elm Street when he's a teenager. So I don't know. I, think, know. I
1: think you definitely resemble Johnny Depp. I don't know what you look like when you were 20, 21, but you do resemble. You were the, it's the profile. My hair was frizzier. Okay.
0: I didn't cut it at all. I didn't have any trim, and I didn't uh, put any product in it because I didn't Just care. I was rebelling.
1: Oh natural I, rebel.
0: Yeah. I went to private school for 12 years and they had a, your hair can't go over your ears or oh. touch your collar. And it has, to, so I was just like, like I'm growing done. it out. Growing it out. My mom hated it. And then I think I buzzed it after that. Oh laugh? Oh yeah.
1: Don't do that again. I like it. I like the I kind
0: of want to do it again.
1: I mean, you do you.
0: I have friends that keep, t- I have one friend, Bianca, who will- murder me if I buzz my head
1: yeah don't make Bianca yeah. angry
0: no no you wouldn't like her when she's angry
1: I can't, so I've learned something about you up. that I didn't know yeah very cool yeah
0: what's one thing about you that I don't know, <laughs> I don't what, know. what about your past oh did you do any did you do any study abroad
1: oh, I didn't do well when I came here I was studying originally but um I went and moved to Cyprus did you know that story I don't think so. It was a bit of a crazy one, actually. I Tell moved me. out there on a contract. Um, so I just wanted to... So this was actually before I moved to London. So I was in the small town, want to get out, got this contract, dancing, doing some stuff. And, um, dancing? Well, it was at a hotel. So it was at a hotel. You know, like cabaret acts yeah. you would have. But not like... When I say cabaret, I have to be... Like, cabaret, like, everyone's dressed and stuff. But, like... Okay. Um, less interesting (laughs) cabaret exit (laughs) hotels and so I was going out there as a dancer and I was in this villa with two other girls and we were the dancers of this hotel but didn't really fully understand the contract and what it involved so not only did they have us as dancers but they had us like doing sort of like you know um, entertaining like guests in sort of the daily activities that was part of our role out there and it was just not what we expected Anyway, we did some shows and then the manager of the hotel was like, um, I, I don't want this sh- I don't want this show anymore. And me and the two girls are like, mm. there was a magician and there was a contortionist as well. There's five of us. One, two, three, yeah, five. And he was like, Yeah, I don't want it anymore. Um, let them be gone. And we're all like, We just moved to Cyprus. I was not going back to England. And um, Oh, I just knocked the table. And um, so the girls, the two girls were like, well, what are we going to do? And I was like, are you ready to go back? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, well, we'll figure it out. So we, I remember going and getting our like money. And then he put us on a bus to take us to the airport. And the magician and the contortionist were staying on. And I said to the bus driver, I was like, you know, you can just drop us off at the beach. And he said, are you not going the airport i was like no you can just drop us off at the beach so just three young girls i think i was 19 at this oh, wow. age get off with our suitcases um and we have nowhere to go <laughs> and um the girls are like what are we going to do and i'm like it's going to be fine we'll figure it out so we're on the beach with our suitcases and this guy comes up to us um, from the restaurant. He's like, can I get you girls anything to eat? And I'm like, actually, we're looking for a place to stay. Do you know of any apartments? And he's like, oh, well, you should say that. I own this restaurant. But I have a lot of real estate here. And I have a villa that's free. Um, are you interested? And we were like, yeah. And so we basically got a villa for the next year um, gifted a to year? us. A year? Yeah, gifted to us. Um, because he turned out to be... a very wealthy he was a millionaire in cyprus and he was probably one of the most generous people i've ever known nothing ever happened like, it could have gone a completely different way
0: yeah you you say you met someone on the beach who offered you free free living that's like 12 real. red flags that go up
1: i know but this is like the honest and, and you're these,
0: 19 and i'm just oh
1: my gosh my mom was freaking out and this out. was before like you know there was no FaceTime there was just right. like you had to go to an internet cafe to like go on a computer Ooh. to like rec- like that was the time I was in <laughs> internet um, cafe yeah and so we'd go to this internet cafe and I remember emailing my mum saying "Mom, I'm fine like just we're in this apartment and it literally yeah it could have gone so bad and I don't advise anyone to ever do mm-hmm. what I did or take the chance that I did or the risks but it went so well and someone was looking out for me. So yeah, the two girls became very close friends. I actually just went to Australia um, in December and I met one of the girls out there. She lives in there. And uh, yeah, we uh, we were out there for a year and we worked. So we were working. He just didn't accept rent from us. And uh, and that was my time in Cyprus. So you didn't know that?
0: I did not know that. Yeah. And then That's I moved enough. back
1: to England. Yeah.
0: After a year in Cyprus.
1: After a year in Cyprus, moved back to England, and then I was like, now I'm moving down to London. And that's when I moved down to London.
0: So what did you, what kind of work were you doing in Cyprus?
1: So we, (laughs) we made up this um, sort of like, like our own sort of performing act, and we take it to different hotels and we basically hustled our way around and did what we had like, supposedly come to Cyprus to do but we got our own contracts and we were just dancing around and doing our thing so I think I've always had this like I'm just gonna figure it out and I'm gonna hustle and I'll be meet your someone. Own boss. yeah and so that's what we did for a year and then uh when I moved back to London I went down and I was working as a model and actress and then I went into I got a job on a show called Fame TV and that was my sort of introduction to TV hosting. And um, I was down in London doing a shift from like, oh my gosh, 11 at night till four in the morning. And again, this was a time that it would never work now. But you basically, I was in a studio and you would, my job was to come up with ideas and get people to text in. So the TV station would earn money from the amount of texts. That or calls that you would get in so you'd have like contests or you'd talk about like pop culture or stuff but I actually had to create everything that I was going to talk about for five hours by myself so I didn't realize but I was like producing before I even knew how to do it yeah and so that's what I did and then I moved to America
0: It's one hell of a couple of years
1: yeah so then I moved to America because I met someone in Las Vegas <laughs> On a dance floor, and I was like, "Hmm, long distance relationship." And then I was like, "Oh, how do I get to America without me committing to that?" But seeing how that goes, and that's when I was like, "Let me apply for school." And then things kind of evened out for five years while I was in school, because I think I'd done like my adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I came out of school, and a few years later, and that's kind of when everything started going crazy again—crazy in a good way. Yeah, but yeah, like, of course, but crazy. You, that's, you're
0: speechless, I'm, right? I, now. Yeah, I mean,
1: and I'm thinking to myself, oh, did I say anything I'm not supposed to say? But no, no, I mean, that's all. That's my part of my chapter.
0: So what was? That's yeah, that's a lot that I didn't know. What was? <laughs> uh, what was life in Cyprus like? Besides, was it because it, you weren't paying rent? So was it just? Fun money that you were earning, and if you weren't working, you were just a nineteen-year-old on the it.
1: beach. Like I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe. I mean, we weren't earning a lot of money though. We but were. But you earning... didn't
0: really need to, because what what bills did you have to pay? Nothing. Really? I mean, yeah. I
1: had nothing, and um, it was a very sort of. You, you look back at things and you're like, oh, not that I wish I'd because appre- I did appreciate it. Um, and I think it was a very sort of, set, like, it was a safe space for me in that period of time. Um, but, yeah, no, we were just, like, that was when I, actually, that was when I picked up running, because I never really, like, ran before. And um, my one girl, she was a runner, so that's when I started to, like, enjoy running. And we'd go to the beach, and we'd make, well, I didn't cook, they cooked. And we had a pool, and we'd listen to music, and... We just kind of, we were just 19 and just like figuring it out. 19,
0: but on your own with very little to worry about living on the beach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a really, so this villa that we stayed at, there was a really long driveway. I remember the driveway specifically. Um, And we weren't close to other villas. It was just like three (laughs) girls in a villa. Again, don't advise any of this to anybody. But yeah, it was a, it was a good time.
0: That sounds amazing. I am incredibly jealous.
1: Don't be. No, I am. <laughs> no,
0: because that and and you know not not down to every last detail, but like living with friends with with very little responsibility. But then you're also still hustling. Mm-hmm. You uh, your work ethic doesn't go out the window because you still. You could have very easily gotten a job in that guy's restaurant serving tables, Mm -hmm. and that would have been fine, and you would have had your three or four days off a week, and you could have done whatever you wanted, but you still decided to do exactly what you went there to do. Mm -hmm. You made it your own. You got the contracts for whatever gigs that you did on your own, and stayed for a year. Yeah. And that's like... It's super impressive. It's not what I would have done. Like I would have... I Because I I started working in in restaurants when I was 15. So it's been 13 years now. And I'm good at it. It's something I know I'm good at. It's always a good fallback if I end up falling behind on bills or rent or whatever. But I think it really says something about you that, that you didn't do a fallback. You did... You did a different version of what you went out there to do. and
1: Yeah, and I think, because some people may have looked at that as when we were told you're going to have to go back, as failing. Like, we basically lost our jobs is what happened. Yeah. But I am such a strong believer, and especially... I always have been, but especially at that point, I was like, everything is happening for a reason. It's sometimes it's heartbreaking stuff that happens. It's tough. It's a struggle and all of that. But everything is unraveling because it's supposed to unravel this way. And so when that happened, I'm just someone who I always try and think, well, if it's happening for a reason, what are my other options? Like when I, you know, Ended the job that I was at a few months ago which I'd been in for two years it wasn't an easy transition because you're going from something that is stable and continuous to you know you're out in the world again but oh this is just like it, this is a better um a better way forwards and there are times that you want to fall back and you want to be like oh it'd be so much easier to just do this but the, the truth for me here in America is I I don't have that I never have that option. It's like, I have to be in the industry that I came here to be in. I can't do anything else. And I think that when the stakes are that high, then there is no other way around it. Um, And sometimes I think, you know, if, if people heightened their stakes or at least, you know, really kind of didn't give themselves a fallout option, then maybe more people would be doing what they really are
0: supposed to be doing. It's very easy. I know I'm, I'm guilty of it myself, moving out here and, you know, getting a job that you know you can get, something mm-hmm. that's easy, something that'll pay the bills in the meantime, and getting comfortable. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a little cliche, but most people in the entertainment industry start off in the service industry in New York. Mm-hmm. There are thousands of restaurants and bars, and if you're in the right one and if you're good, you'll make great money. And you'll meet some great people along the way. And then you, I know I was roped into, you know, on my nights off, let's let's go grab drinks. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, drinks turn into sleeping in instead of waking up early and getting work done. Yeah. Um, nights of going out and partying instead of staying at home and working on... Uh, a script a demo reel what auditions i want to hit in the morning yeah. which i'm now not getting up in the morning anyway um and I know most people fall into that trap and unfortunately most people don't get out and i don't know what it would look like if everyone if everyone did you know that that would be that would be a entertainment industry where everyone makes it. And you know, maybe that's great, but yeah. that that just to think of how much content that would be now coming at us from like Hollywood or Broadway,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like there's already infinite amounts of content on on Instagram and snapchat and and the other apps that I'm too old to keep up with as they mm-hmm. keep coming out um. So maybe maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a little bit like natural selection, where you know the the best ones are going to be the ones that get out of yeah. that trap.
1: and and I think that it has to be that way because it's not. It isn't easy what no. we do. It's not easy. Um, but any prof- if to be the best in any profession, I think there's always going to be a struggle. There always has to be pain. Like there has to be. It's not an easy route. Um, but yeah, I think that you're right. It just it, it's going to come down to like the people that want it the most and work, the, you know, it's not always about being busy, but who are strategizing, who are focused. Those are the ones that get it. And I don't know about you, but I kind of, how do I say this without sounding completely crazy, but I enjoy a little bit of pain, like to actually go through pain on, you know, whether it's working out or whether it's, you know, to to feel the pain makes you realize why you're doing it to get to the to the good stuff it's yeah. like a massage that i had that i was telling yeah. you about it was the oh i don't want to say the work it, it was it was, was it, un, it was so painful but i know that my body needed it in order to release energy and to be better at working out i needed to get rid of tension and it was so painful but yet on the other side of the pain it felt so good And mm-hmm. sometimes i feel
0: like that's just how i think about my work I I listened to a podcast with a clinical psychologist Ooh. and he was he was the guest that day but he was talking about how most people think you know if you ask someone what what they want in life it's like well I want an easy life. Mm. It's like you I can see why you would think that. I can see why you would say that. Like that seems like a natural response, but you don't want an easy life. You want a challenge. You want a challenge that is Something that can be overcome because yeah. the joy you get from overcoming a challenge is better than than the uh, lying on the beach, I want my easy life, I want my drinks delivered right to my hand life, even if you don't realize it. Yeah. And the greater the challenge, the better the feeling is when you overcome it. Something. And I actually, I listened, it was very fortunate. For- fortunate timing that I listened to that podcast because that was about a week and a half before I started the training program at my current restaurant job, which is the hardest that I've ever been through. And, you know, it was, it was like 10 days of training and it was very, a lot of studying, a lot of menu items that I needed to learn and be tested on every day when I went in. And it was on the back of my mind. It was like, I could, I could go get, a much easier job and I would make just a little bit less mm. and my hours might be a little bit worse. But then I remember thinking, yeah, I could do that. I could easily do that. I could keep looking for a job. But how great am I going to feel after I get hired, full, like fully hired at this job? And after after they say, welcome to the team, how great am I going to feel like, yeah, I earned that. I did study my ass off. I did, I did go to work for nine hours to train, only to go home and study for three hours and then wake up and go right back and do it again. That's
1: good. It's yeah. good to get through that.
0: Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's a great place to stop. <laughs> I think that's a great note to end on. I love it. Yeah. Um, do you want to plug anything before we end? Web, website your 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 media. I thing. want to
1: plug your podcast because you this it. has been They're amazing. listening. They're already listening. Um, they know it exists. So for me, you can find out more about my work at lucynorris.com Norris.com, um OCP Media training.com for my media coaching and then D W D G N Y C to find out more about do well, do good. Um, again the online course you go to Gen Connect com to get twenty percent off. You type in Lucy twenty nineteen, and you can just follow me on Instagram, Lucy the Lesser J Norris, and that's it.
0: Great, and all of those links are also in the description. Uh, oh yeah. Well, then I didn't even no, no, say no, no, it. No 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 no. I like I like. <laughs> you have such a lovely voice. I wanted people to be able to read it and be like, all right, where is Lucy Norris? where where and and then read it and hear your accent and and be like. You know what? Yeah, that's super calming. I think I do want to click on that. (laughs) I wish they had a podcast of that doing ASMR. Could be.
1: Thank you, Jess. You're very
0: welcome. Thank you again for coming on.